0: This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart.
1: And I'm Trader Nick. Welcome back to the Market Insights, Market Pulse podcast.
0: And today we're joined by Oanda Senior Market Analyst, Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig.
2: Good afternoon.
0: Now, on Wednesday, we talked about reaction to those stunning US CPI figures and market reaction to those numbers continues with the markets pretty buoyant at the moment, Nick.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and just to, uh, you, you made mention to the CPI, I want to say if you guys are regular podcast listeners and you saw the title, uh, you whoever wrote the title, I'm not sure who, who did that, but whoever did the title put the word treat in there. And that, I think, sums up in terms of the data that we got this week. It was a treat across the board, at least for uh, US numbers. CPI was really, really solid, as we covered in, in uh, Wednesday's podcast podcast and I just do want to say if you guys have not listened through that podcast it was an exciting day but a lot has happened uh, not necessarily in news since then we did get PPI as Johnny mentioned so PPI came out kind of complementing the data that we saw on Wednesday uh, looking up the chain right supply chain uh, is what we focus on with producer price index up the up the chain there we did see uh, complementing data there which is again another um, you know check mark on the list when it comes to information Inflation data that we saw uh, this week, uh, and again, we the the reaction on Wednesday. We did talk about it. How we, you know, it was basically just uh, all across the board looked great. But since then, what's been interesting is these moves have not um, paused. There's been no, you know, oftentimes you get these big moves and there's kind of like a period of consolidation. Well, there's been follow through on a lot of markets. The dollar continues to drop real hard. Um, you know, other currencies are getting a bid here. And then we also see in terms of uh, indices, the NASDAQ is is a monster. Um, you know, the NASDAQ last year was down something around 30% in 2022, and now we are staring at a market that looks approaching the the previous highs, which is an impressive rally to say the very least, considering we're only in July. This is just, uh, it's it's a remarkable rally if you're looking at indices. Um, And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's like the second best first half of a year for the NASDAQ in um, the last several decades. Again, not exactly sure on the the correct stats on that, so might have to check me on that. But I know it's a very very strong rally uh, in the last several decades um, for the Nasdaq in the first half of the year. So uh, really really nice to see again uh, a smash hit. I know Craig and I went back and forth about this on Wednesday. How you know it is kind of rare when you get these reports that you just get the. Uniform, one directional move. Uh, I, I've been staying, you know, focused on on the indices because I find that to be personally the most interesting. But uh, everything around the the room seems to be moving strongly. Um, Craig, what since our last uh, topic? Again, a lot, of, not a lot of news has dropped, but some very interesting moves in the markets have been happening. Um, what have you been keeping an eye on since our our last uh, uh, talk on Wednesday? Well, as you say, it, this hasn't
2: been a kind of uh, one particular market has been more interesting than the others. This has been very much cross market. If anything, Bitcoin's been the slowest to react. And I actually found that really fascinating because we it, it had also been in a consolidation pattern up until this week. And you thought when that US inflation data came out, everything moved and you thought Bitcoin's going to follow. And if anything, Bitcoin be, could be the biggest. It's the most volatile asset out there still to this day. And it was incredibly choppy. It flew high, it flew low, it flew high, it flew low. And then it kind of settled about where it was. It was the only instrument I can think of that didn't actually get a kick in or, 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 or rally really strongly. And... It's kind of risen a bit since, but it's still only just above 31,000. So it's kind of just broken out of its range. But I think it's broadly still in a consolidation pattern. So I find that really interesting. I don't know if this is a reflection of the kind of news flow we've had over the last couple of weeks, starting with the SEC action, then into the ETF territory and I think there was a slight setback yesterday with certain coins if I'm not mistaken being indicated that could be considered uh, securities and maybe that's kind of distracted away from the US inflation story Um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more on that and maybe it is just this kind of more direct news flow which is having a much bigger impact as far as these cryptos are concerned uh, at this moment Uh, but like I said I think we look across the space I think gold we saw that really big move um, earlier in this week on the back of the inflation data interesting that we Really ran into resistance so quickly at 1960 now for those who are technical traders uh, among us i think gold's really interesting uh, at this point because if you look at the i think it's the may highs to the june lows and put a fib on there the 38.2 fib lies at 1960 the 50 fib lies at 1980 the 61.8 fib lies at 2000 basically on the nose i think i think that's really interesting because those 20 dollar jumps markets tend to be quite responsive to uh, in gold as it is but when you when you're considering that they're all all big fib levels as well. I think that's really interesting. A break of 2000, therefore, doesn't take, it doesn't just give you that psychological bump into not uncharted territory but rarely entered into territory for gold you're also taking out the 61.8 there as well so that indicates that maybe we're out of retracement territory and into bullish territory as well so i think that's going to be a really interesting one to watch we've hit resistance at 1960 currently it seems that we are pulling back from that uh, which again will be interesting over the course of the coming days so i think that's going to be a really good one to watch oil broke 80 in brent crude um this came my after the kind of break of 77, 78 earlier in the week on the back of the Saudi cuts, the Russian cuts, then you had the US CPI data as well. We've had a couple of small uh, production cuts in Nigeria and in uh, Libya, uh, which seem to have given it an extra bit of a bump today. But the important thing is Brent's back above $80 now back above the break-even point believed to be for Saudi Arabia. So they will be comfortable. So maybe they'll take a step back from their own production cuts. Will we see an extension beyond August, for example, if Brent is trading back above $80? Will they want to give it a bit of a nudge higher again and extend it one or two more months in order to keep it sustainably above those levels? So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Everywhere you look now, uh, and we've not even touched on currencies. I mean, we, we normally focus more so on currencies, but we look at how the dollar's performed. The pound's been really strong um uh, on the back of the labor market data and on, we also had gdp data yesterday which uh, we'll touch on s- shortly and there's a big focus on this next week everywhere you look i think in the markets right now we're seeing some big interesting moves and this is what we've been hoping for because i think it has been a quiet consolidation consolidatory couple of months and my view is always once we get this turning point in the summer and luckily it looks as though we're starting to see that then i thought the last four or five months of the year could be a whole lot more interesting and that feels like what we're starting to see signs of now
1: and I want to add, to one thing I noticed that was really interesting in terms of that topic that you discussed where uh, the, the uniform move, and, and you mentioned the dollar, to go with that, the two-year is, uh, is down, right? So the yield uh, coming down pretty hard off of uh, the recent stuff, which to me indicates perhaps one of the most interesting. This is showing real cracks in terms of um, estimates for, for forward rate hikes and, and monetary policy tightening. So it's interesting to see the yields truly coming down there. Um, you know, we had a real big sell off on yields. Uh, the two year went from five percent, 5.1 percent, down to where it currently trades the time of recording 4.685 percent. Um, that's a pretty steep drop. And and again, you mentioned the commodities uh market as well. So, you know, oil uh making a move up, the two year making a move down. Uh, what this to me it kind of signals is estimates for recession and fear around uh future rate hikes are. Declining, And, you know, the question, though, that I do want to ask, and I know that, you know, probably a lot of people in the audience are asking is, is this a little bit too much, too fast? Now, I've been pretty clear. I, I am have been a positive outlook on um, indices this year. I've been pretty uh, consistent with that. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, you start having to ask the question when you have the NASDAQ up just for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, um, the Nasdaq or the S and P 500, or you know, I think maybe when you're looking at bonds, it might be a little bit more of a uh, a reasonable play or or concept there in terms of uh, opportunity uh, to to move in a different direction. But when we talk indices, how much more upside is there? And um, I guess you could lead into to Craig. You did mention you have some stuff uh, coming up next week uh, in terms of news. I do want to also ask you if you have any thoughts on the lagging um, UK 100 or the FTSE, because again, US indices flying high. We have data coming out next week for the UK, and it does seem like the FTSE is kind of lagging behind. Do you have any thoughts on that? And uh, what is, I guess, that that news coming up for next week? So I think starting with
2: the news next week, uh, I think there is a... Well, the one that stands out for me is the uh, UK inflation report, right? So we've just been talking about the importance of the US inflation report this week and the fact that it feels like the US has really turned a corner, not in that this is the first time we've seen inflation come down, but in the fact that this feels like the first really sustainable, notable, substantial movement that we've seen in inflation that could bring about the end of the tightening cycle. Change the topic of conversation from tightening to easing at some point in the early part of next year. Maybe even be the inflation report that delivers a soft landing. Another bad inflation report this morning could have been the thing that kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back, as it were. And we've got the UK inflation report next week. Now, that's not to say we're going to get that turning point there. In fact, we're still a far way from that. Inflation is still extremely high in the UK. However, We've now had that seeming turning point in the US. We've had the turning point in Europe, it seems. Remember, six weeks ago, we were talking about the European inflation report, the e- e- euro area, where we saw both headline and core beat expectations and decline quite markedly. We haven't seen that in the UK yet. Next week, we are expecting the headline to fall from 8.7 to 8.2. The core is going to be really important as well. Are the movements that we're seeing elsewhere a sign that we're going to see a similar drop? Uh, a, a bigger than expected drop in the uk as well or are we just not there yet we've seen some easing in the labor market which we've talked about previously unemployment rising to 5% more people joining the labor market more people returning to work increasing the size of the labor force and creating that additional slack are we going to start to see that have an impact soon on wages but inflation has to fall as well because as we've seen this week uh, the announcement of the public se- public sector uh, pay increases the chances clearly held off as long as he possibly can on this, and they've agreed, I think, what is it, between 5 and 7% pay rise, which is still well below where inflation currently is, but you think that when in headline inflation starts to fall quite markedly, then those pay negotiations become that much easier. If we can see big signs that the inflation is dropping next week, I do think we will see expectations change uh, over the next few months for where interest rates in the UK will peak. We've already seen on the back of the US inflation data this week, expectations have dropped from 6.5% to 625 That's not even a UK piece of specific data. This is a US piece of data. But because in the markets it's viewed as a global problem with country specific issues uh then then we we are seeing other countries respond uh to uh things like the u.s inflation report the euro euro area inflation report so hopefully we can get some good news finally in the uk next week because um uh, i do think it has been incredibly stubborn to this point and to the point that it's become uh, a big concern uh, so yeah that's the big one i'm watching up for next week
0: And, Craig, that number you mentioned, 8.2% inflation predicted uh, by markets, if it was to fall in the sevens, uh, that would be uh, very positive news. If it goes above that, that's a disaster, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. And it's one, like I said, because we've seen such resilience in the data and it feels like inflation keeps coming in, like wages above expectations, above expectations, and we need to see a change there soon enough. I I, it, I just don't understand how we could continue to see higher, higher, higher inflation uh, when we're seeing so much progress elsewhere. Like I say, in the US, I know with this different issues, the different challenges, the US has not had the same kind of energy crisis, for example, that Europe's had, and therefore hasn't been exposed to the prices in the same way that the, the UK has, for example. But inflation's at 3%. <laughs> I mean, core inflation is at 5%. I mean, compare that to 8.7 here. You have to ask yourself the question like if we're not going to start to see progress soon what is going to be the turning point i know supermarkets for example have said that they're waiting for the knock-on effects of of lower food prices and energy prices to have the impact and then they'll lower their price etc and energy prices at household and business level are starting to decline so we should see that have an impact but we need it needs to happen soon because otherwise there's going to be big questions around. I mean, how high is the Bank of England going to have to go? How much is it going to have to damage the economy? The difficult thing for next week is this is where we should temper back expectations. While well, headline is expected 8, 8. to fall from 8.7 to 8.2, core is expected to stay at 7.1. Again, it's disappointed the last two months to the upside and quite markedly. So, hopefully, we can see a corrective movement on that side as well. But Having been disappointed so many times, I don't think anyone's getting their
0: hopes up. Anecdotally, Craig and Nick, I was in my supermarket yesterday and uh, the the country's most popular margarine, I'm not going to name it uh, on the podcast, but uh, a few months ago was £4.50 for uh, a usual tub of margarine i saw it for two pounds 75 in one of the biggest supermarkets so if that's not a sign that numbers and inflation are coming down what is
2: well let's just hope we see similar drops across other products as well because you look through the stores and you you it's it's not just noticeable it's really in your face the changes uh, the price changes that we're seeing on everything from what you've just been talking about there to eggs and basic essentials that, that people buy uh, as part of their weekly shop. We're not talking about luxury goods. If it was luxury luxury things, then you can understand. But when it's things like you say, like milk, butter, eggs, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it really is... Um, it really is unsustainable, and, and it's no surprise why people dig in their heels when it does come to do these wage negotiations and why we have to see these these uh, higher uh, wage settlements effectively because it's just simply not sustainable to be paying much higher prices. We need to see headline inflation come down to deliver that lower levels of sustainable wage growth and inflation. and it, We just need to wait for that first domino to fall, as it were, and whereas it's fallen everywhere else. It just really is not falling fast enough here. But then, as we've just alluded to earlier, so that is one of the things which helps the pound perform so well is because the economy has been resilient, interest expectations keep rising, inflation remains high, and the pound has performed really well. And to go back to what Nick asked earlier, that could be one of the reasons why the FTSE underperformed. We know there's a negative correlation between the pound and the FTSE. I think it's around 80% of revenue generated from FTSE 100 companies comes from outside of the UK. So a weaker currency tends to be more beneficial for the FTSE and vice versa. So perhaps that's one of
1: the reasons why we have seen the FTSE underperform. Yep, that makes sense. And then just re- returning on that uh, that last point that you made, when it, cur- it comes to the the currency weakness can be great for the underlying markets. That makes a lot of sense when we look at uh, the difference in situations where in the U.S., like you mentioned, inflation is more uh, far far um, improved from where it is currently in the U.K. Uh, and that that a weaker currency does give some lift uh, to the currencies uh, to to the underlying market of the economy. Now, I will say there are, uh, as you mentioned, it's a core so it's not 100 percent. it can vary and it is possible for both to appreciate or both to decline at the same time but perhaps we'll have to dive more into that when that is perhaps on our front door and something in the market so of course we'll be here on the podcast to do it as always uh, and um, again next week should be a good one so uh, thankful for all the the commentary from you guys on on both sides of the uh the ocean here
0: and uh, can't wait for next week yep both have good weekends and we'll speak to you again very soon looking forward to it Thanks, Johnny. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.